This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by Firecracker Farm. They grow the super hot Ghost Carolina Reaper and Trinidad Moruga Scorpion Peppers to make their exclusive limited run hot salt. They are better known as the family cartel. Dad does the dirty work with some help from their five kids. Mom calls all the shots. They are beautifully presented and addictively good. Hot salt will change everything you know about heat. And trust me, this is a staple within my household. It is so good on everything from vegetables to meats to salads to, yes, popcorn and guess what? Even chocolate. Make sure you order today at firecracker.farm or check out all of their new products that are heading your way at Ultra Hot Peppers on Instagram. You do not want to miss this. And guess what? They come in these little tiny salt shakers that are even good to sneak in your pocket or also your wife's purse when you're on the go at a restaurant. This will change your entire life. Make sure you order their hot salt today. And the best part, they are a homegrown run family business that supports our military men and women. What could get better than that? Welcome to Little Bit of Life podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in that have impacted me along the way. Very little is left off limits. Enjoy on your favorite streaming platform, watch live videos of interviews on YouTube, and let's dive into some topics together. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast with your host, Little. Yes, we have an amazing story that is coming at you today. When we speak about military men and women and we think about them losing their lives, do we think about them losing their lives in the line of duty? Do we think of them losing their lives when they are on deployment? Absolutely. But do we think that this happens on base with no answers to what happened to them? No. And this is not something that should be a continuance that is happening on so many military bases all across the world, not just here in the United States at home. I have a very special guest with me on today. She's very close to my heart. Her name is Gloria. Her son, Ronnie, passed away when he was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. When we think of that, we think of our family members and our loved ones traveling across the world, having experiences, serving their country, and we are so proud of them. However, with this mother, she is now in a state of trauma and PTSD, not knowing any answers that happened to her son, having to keep his name alive, finding those answers of what happened on that very fateful day that he lost his life. And the worst part, it is now closing in on almost five years of no answers and an open case. Make sure you sit back and relax and really listen to everything that went wrong on behalf of the military in Ronnie's case. And better, please make sure to share this story as much as you can. Make this go global and make this go worldwide. Not only does his family deserve the justice, but Ronnie deserves justice as well. Hey guys, welcome into another episode, Little Bit of Life podcast with your host, Little. We do a lot of military stories and those that deserve justice. So when so many people listen, they almost feel like this happens in the military. This is something that occurs on almost a regular basis. Why is this acceptable? And not only that, but why are the families having to live in turmoil, fighting for answers and fighting for justice for their own children when the military provides no answers? Today, I have on an amazing mother. Her name is Gloria. I am so honored to have her on. 
Not only was her son a Marine and he fought for his country and he served proudly, but now the biggest question is how is the military serving him proudly in return? And not only that, but getting the answers to the family and deserve justice. Gloria, welcome on. How are you doing today? It's good to see you. Hi, Tabitha. Nice to see you too. And thank you for having me in your show, in your podcast. And thank you for taking the time to hear about my son's story. I wish we had you here on different circumstances. I always hate having families on when we're talking about topics that are so deep and emotional, such as losing your child. Mm -hmm. So I always enjoy having you on to share your family story. But like I said, I always wish it was under different circumstances. So yeah. tell listeners a little bit about your son. So my son, Ron, his name is Ronald Valentin. His last couple, Ronald Valentin. Um, he was a very caring and loving, um, loving, smart, hardworking, family-oriented, motivated young man. Um, he always wanted to join the Marines. Okay, he this, that's what he always wanted to do. And he always wanted the best for everyone. He, Ronald, he attended University of Maine. And then he joined the Marine Corps after, you know, for a better future. Yeah, and um, he had dreams and goals that he wanted to accomplish. He used to love playing basketball, PlayStation, workout, and going to the gym and eat because he used to like eat. And watch me, he loved eating. But his dreams and his goals were fashion, clothing, design. You know, he, he went to University of Maine for business because he wanted to do his fashion design, which... I have the portfolio that he did in um, in University of Maine that I didn't know, but he took that with him to military. And when they brought me the stuff, it was in there, you know. And um, he also he also had a dream of pursuing a career in criminal justice and also as a for as a, either a CSI investigator or FBI. That's what he wanted to do. Besides, you know, fashion design. You know, I even have the name which I'm not gonna mention yet the name of the fashion brand that he wanted. I actually trademarked it for him, but I'm not going to mention it yet until I make his dream culture. And he loved being a Marine. He always wanted to be a Marine. Even when he graduated from high school, he wanted to join, like I said before, that I mentioned to you before, and I started crying because I didn't want him to join. You know, he was a great son. He was a great uncle, a great cousin. He was a great friend. From our conversations with you and I, he seemed to have such a loving, gentle personality and soul. He seemed to be that one that was always in everybody's corner, whether he knew you or not, supporting you and pushing you and telling you that you could do anything that you set your mind to. And even and even with you as his mom, he was always standing behind you and pushing you, which, you know, you coming on and talking about getting justice for your son it's something that I feel his presence, he's here still like pushing you saying, you know, mom, this is, this is our time now, you know, it's time. So when your son joined the Marine Corps, he was stationed in Japan, correct? Mm -hmm. What did he think of Japan? I mean, I'm sure you guys were super close and he talked to you all the time. And I mean, was he just having the best time of his life when he was over there and and really just, you know, embracing the life of a Marine out of the country? He loved it. He loved it. He loved the Marine he loved the day he said that it looked like the movies when he was in Japan. He said, man, it looks just like the movies. And he loved it. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. See, when he joined, before he joined, like I told you before, he graduated from high school. He went to, I didn't, I started crying because I didn't want him to join. And like I said before mm-hmm. to you, maybe the movies, I don't know. <laughs> I used to watch too many movies. 
but I didn't want him to join. And also because I don't want him so far, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. I have five kids. We're all very close, all of us. You know, and being a single mom, they I was their all, you know, and they were my all. So he didn't join because I was crying. I didn't want him to join. He didn't join. So he went, he tried college, University of Maine. So he went to college for business, like I said, because he wanted to do his own business, fashion brand and everything. He went to college. He was there for like about two to three years, if I'm not mistaken. And then he, one day he called me, he said, mom, I want to be closer. So he came back home. He was missing his family. So he came back home and he went to a closer college, the Mount. So he went to the Mount and when he went to the Mount, he there was recruiters there gets them every time of course (laughs) he comes one day and he tells me i want you to sit down because i want to talk to you about something i said "Uh oh he said no ma i just i want you to sit down i want to talk to you i want you to hear me out this is something i always wanted to do when he said that you know i already knew Mm -hmm. i had a so i said okay i'm sitting down i'm listening and he's he came out he said mommy so I want to join the Marines. You know, this is something I always wanted to do. I want to be a Marine. He wanted to serve his country. That's what he wanted to do. You know, he was a patriot. He 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 loved America. He wanted to do a change. He wanted he wanted it. That's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I the look on his face was priceless. So I couldn't tell him no. So I just looked at him and I said, he looked so happy. So I said, you know what? Whatever makes you happy. If it makes you happy, I support you 100%. But I've always told him and my kids to always, you know, watch watch after themselves, watch their back, everything. Because, you know, we live in a world that civilian world, you already know how it is, you know. It's not like it mm-hmm. used to be before. He said, Mommy, I'm going to be fine. And the recruiter, when I met him, he said, well, you need to meet with the recruiter. So we met with the recruiter. And, I, he, and he told them, my mom doesn't want me to eat. I told him, I said, I don't want to do it. And he said, he's going to be okay, ma'am. I said, okay, he's going to be okay, I promise you. I said, okay, okay. So I had his back. He he joined. Actually, when we went to, um, you know, I guess it's when they're going to leave for boot camp. So we went to there for where they do the oath. They swear, and you know, the oath, under the oath. And um, we was there, everything was fine. And when he, he left, he wrote me a text on the phone, really big, nice text, which he started, started, made me cry. He says, if I, if it wasn't because of you, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be the man I'm, I am right now that he thanked me for that. It was, it was, I started crying. And then he called me when he got there. And when he, you know, they give you a time that you got to call fast and let them know. So you got to rush to say, and I, and he, I finally got that he was there. And everything. Then after that, when he had the right to, like when they let him call and write, he started writing. So he used to write to me all the time and call me when he they let him call. But he used to do FaceTime. That's what he did. So then he came back mm-hmm. to the States. You know, they did the training, everything they did. He still loved it. He was there. He loved it. And there were times like when they did the exercises, they, they do some exercises that he said, Ma, I was supposed to, I was about to give up, but I said, Nope, I gotta make my mom proud. <laughs> I said, I'm proud of you no matter what. I'm, I'm proud of you. And um, he did it, he pushed it through. He came home 
from the training. Then he went again. Then he went. I don't know what is the other thing they call. I don't know if it's training or what it's called. It has another name that they go again and then they come back home. To get ready to go to where they're getting assigned to go to. So he came in May. He was with me for Mother's mm -hmm. Day. And he had told me I want to see the family. Mm -hmm. So I'm from Long Island, but I raised my kids. I lived in Massachusetts for a lot of years and I raised them here in Massachusetts. So they were raised here. I said, okay. So I said, we are, we're going to go. So I have my family together because we did a lot of gatherings together with my family all the time. That's what we did. They loved that. Every, we used to go every weekend to Long Island <laughs> mm -hmm. with the family, you know? So I took him. We spent time with the family, even one of his best friends. And then he went to school with the University of Maine. And everything was fine, you know. Uh, um, he was happy, so I was happy for him. He went. He used to call me FaceTime because he didn't mm -hmm. want international calls. So he would call me FaceTime. Um, also, when he wanted me to pay his bills because I had access to everything on his account because he always said, Mommy, in case of an emergency... I want you to be able to get into my accounts and do what you have to do. So, he had, yeah, so he had me on his cell phone too. That's smart. He had me on his accounts and everything. So I, because he was away, I had to do it for him. And that's what he did. And my other kids were like that too. They all being like that too. Ronnie, he was very close to me. They all were, and they all are. But he was very close to me. He was my Valentine's gift. He was born February 13th. He couldn't wait another day. But, but it's okay. He was always, I told him, you're my Valentine's gift. And he knew that. That was my first boy. August 30th, 1149 a.m., my time, he said, Mom, pay my phone. And I said, okay, do it now. Is it with the Navy Federal Credit Union debit card? And he said, yes. And I said, what's the last four? He gave me the number. So I paid it. And then he told me to pay another bill. So I told him it would, it would come up probably within one or two, three business days, if it's a weekday or if it's a holiday. August 31st, my time, 3.20 p.m., I sent him a text that for some reason there was something wrong with his account, the DCU. I think it was the other account that he had um, and everything. And um, when I sent that message to him and I said, I'm going to check now again, it was going green. The ones about when he told me to pay the, the cell phone and stuff, his bills, they were going blue. So he was answering me back. I last message that I the last message I received from my son, it was 12 p.m. my time, August 30th. So when I wrote to him August 30th at 12.05 p.m. back, he didn't write me back. So I started looking. I said, so I sent him a text. I said to myself, maybe he fell asleep or something, or his phone died, or something, because it, it's late over there, right, so August 31st, my time, at 3.20 p.m., I sent him a text, he didn't text me back, and it went green, he has an iPhone like me, no service, like, like, there's no signal, I sent him another text, 3.21, another text, 3.28, another text, 4.26, actually, all those texts I sent went green. September 2nd, I sent him another text at 4.26 p.m. Asking him, and I was telling him that I was selling his brother's PS4. And um, he didn't, 4.26 p.m. 
He didn't text me back. It was green. They all kept going green since August 31st, my time, 320. They were all going green. You know what that means when they go green. All that time going green. September 2nd, they went green. September 3rd, they went green. September 3rd, I, I text him again and I said, call me, please. It was green. Then on September 4th, I text him at 2.59 p.m. my time. And I said, are you okay, hon? It went green. He never texted me back. And then I said, hello, I'm worried. Never text me back. Again, September 4th at 6.09 p.m. Again, I text him and I said, are you okay? I'm calling you and texting you, checking up on you. Is everything okay? I'm worried. No text back. Then I wrote again September 5th at 4.23 a.m. And I said, Macho, where are you? What is going on? Because I call him Macho. And I said, you're not answering my texts or calls. This isn't like you. I'm very worried. I said, I'm very worried, baby. Now it comes where I said, your commander called me. So I know something is wrong now. I said, son, call me. They're all worried and I'm going crazy. I haven't heard from you either. I wrote again September 5th at 7.39. And that's the baby. I love you so much. I hope you're okay and safe. Please call me. And I said, baby, please answer me. It's mom. I love you. My last text to him was September 6th. My time, 2.14 a.m. He never responded to me. So now I want to go to the store to tell you. The coroner called me September 5th. It was like around 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, he asked me if my son was at my house with me. Because they asked me, they asked me if I was Gloria. And I said, yeah. And they, they, um, they asked me if my son was with me. I asked who was calling. He said the coroner. And, um. They asked me if my son was with me, and I said no. But even though I said no, I started looking. The back door, the front door, because my mind was like, okay, hold on. So I started looking everywhere. Then I stopped for a moment. I caught on myself, and I stopped for a moment. I said, hold on. How is my son going to get here from Kanawa, Japan? With no passport and nothing because they hold their things. So I said, wait a minute. My son is with you. What's going on? Why, why would he be here? What is going on? And he said, well, your son has been missing since August 31st. When was this call placed to you? September 5th. At that's, a long, that's a long gap. For those that are listening, that's a very, mm -hmm. very long gap yeah. for someone who is an active soldier on a military base to be missing without a family being notified. In civilian world, you can report someone missing within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting here texting and they're, all of these messages are going green, but the, but the military is not even reaching out during this long time period to tell you that your son is missing. They called me September 5th at two o'clock in the morning, my time to notify me that my son was missing since August 31st. And I asked him, and you calling me now? Why aren't the cops calling me? And he said he took it as courtesy to call me. And he said they just found out when my son didn't report it to work. 
because it was Labor Day weekend. They call it Liberty Weekend. So they had all those days off. Mm-hmm. So they waited until my son when, you know, when it was time to go back to work. But I found out too as well that the um the roommate reported my son missed that my son was didn't return on September fourth to his superior. And the superior told him, let's wait another day to see if he shows up to work. Why would you wait another day if he shows up to work? If the roommate's telling you he didn't come back on September 4th. And I die still late because if my son didn't come back since August 31st, you should be looking. You should not wait it into September 4th anyways to report it. That should have been reported the next day. Maybe you could have mm-hmm. saved his life. All of them. You know, but no, it was reported. And then so when they went back to work and, you know, they called their names, he didn't. That's when they, they reported him missing because he didn't show up to work. So your son had a roommate on base. And from our conversations, this roommate, I mean, for those that are listening from the start of this, nothing, nothing goes together. Nothing pieces together. So his roommate saw him leave for the very last time that he physically saw him. How did your son leave his bunk or the barracks that day or that evening? So when I, when the coroner was talking to me, he said, he asked me if my son was a drinker, you know, if he used to party, he's a drinker. I said, no. And he said, because for the looks of it, based on what the roommate said that he left to go meet with someone and he left with a 12 pack of beer. To meet with someone. And I said, okay, with a 12 pack of beer to meet with someone. Okay. But that they were still trying to identify who. They didn't know who. The roommate didn't know who. They didn't know who. They don't they to this day they didn't know who. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, that's 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 weird because my son doesn't drink beer like that. You would tell me about a Lahani. Maybe. I say, okay, well he he only he he will drink honey or something when he's in a with with family in a gathering in special occasion. That's it, because he wasn't a drinker. He wasn't okay. a drinker or be drinking all the time. No, in a spe- in special occasions, right? But beer, he didn't like beer like that. If he was to drink a beer, it would be very rare. If that's that's because there's no be there's no there's no hard liquor or there's only beers, and he will last a long time with one beer or two. He he didn't like beer like that. Everybody that knows my son knows that. So that's a red flag. Red flag number one. That was a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a red flag for me and his friends and everybody that knows him. And the thing is, it's weird that my son didn't say where he was going. Based, I'm going by based on what they're telling me. Because why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? But then again, that's what they say. But it's like I told him, that doesn't that sound like my son. Corona asked me, I, oh, I told the Corona, I have access to my son's, everything of my son. Oh, and I FaceTime with my son all the time. So I just don't understand what's going on because he looked fine. Because they asked me, was he depressed? Was he, did he, did he didn't want to be here? They asked me a lot of questions and I said he wasn't depressed. He did want to be in the Marines because he loved the Marine. So I don't know where, all, honestly, for me, I don't know where all those questions were coming from. You know, so I told him, I'm like, no, he wasn't depressed. He was happy. He, we was talking on the phone. We FaceTime all the time, mm-hmm. almost every day. My son's routine was 
play the game, watch movies, eat. If he has a basketball court, be playing basketball, work out, go to work. That was his routine here. And I'm pretty sure over there too, because even the roommate said that that's what he did all the time. Play the game. eat. He was routine. You know, I agree on that with him because it's, yeah, you know, so of course that he will, it's, see, the reason why I know, I also know not the reason because I already know, I know my son, that wasn't like my son, him leaving like that, not saying anything. And he loved his career too much to do anything to jeopardize it. You know, that's what he wanted to be. He wanted to serve his country and everything. He wanted a better future. That's what he wanted to do for him to not, and then not answer me. Like that's not, that's, that wasn't him. I, they, the coroner asked me for pictures of him. Cause he asked me, Oh, you speak to him every day. I said, yeah, I do. I guess they didn't know that we kept in contact all the time. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that maybe they didn't know, but I do. And that's what matters that me and my kids are close and have a close relationship and we talk about everything. He asked me for updated pictures of my son to be able, so they could find my son. Mm -hmm. And that got me thinking, because I'm like, why do you need, it's a military base. You should have pictures updated of my son. So me being a mom, I want to find my son. And this is way before I found out what happened with my son. So I sent pictures. I did. I sent pictures because I want to find my mm -hmm. son. And I sent pictures with his updated glasses because I thought they had that. So I did send everything, which I, I have, I still have my messages. I sent everything. I said, listen, this is not like my son. I told him, this is not like my son. I hope he's okay. He said, oh, maybe he, he was he drink. I said, if he was drinking, this is another thing. If my son was drinking the way they were saying he was drinking, he's not going to leave the place drunk. He would stay there until he's okay to go. He would not go like that. He would stay there. He would, can I stay here until I feel better to go? That's what he would do. He would not go like that. So that's what I told him. I'm like, maybe he fell asleep in one of the Marines, you know, privates or something where he was at, you know, because he didn't want to come home here because he would do maybe. I said he didn't want to get in trouble. I don't know. I, I it was me. I thinking all these things because I did not know. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. But I still knew something was not right. That Labor the Weekend, I, 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 I was feeling strange. He would never stop texting me without telling me, Mommy, my phone is about to die. If he dies, you know, I got to charge my phone. Or, Mommy, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I love you. If his phone is dying or anything, he would tell me, Mommy, my service, one day he told me, August 29th, at 10.57 a.m., he said, because he said, I'm going to call you later. I, that was like 8, 8, 11 a.m. I said, okay, baby. And then August 29th at 10.57, he said, service is bad. Call me tomorrow. Love you. That's what so he, he would communicate. Yes, exactly. And mm -hmm. I said, I love you, and thanks for checking up on me. And he said, got you. I got you, buddy. Mm -hmm. With hearts. I'm like, you can't tell me anything that I don't know about my son. I know my son better than what they do. Then I text him and I said, have you had any word of my son? That was, again, I go back to my, I keep my everything. 
any updates on my son that was september 6th at 2 20 a.m eastern time that i wrote to El coronel and asked him i didn't get a respond back but they came knocking on my door there was two marines that came knocking on my door to um to give me the news tell me that i just looked at him i already knew when when they came to the, i already knew. i was like i was like in shock like i didn't want to believe it to tell me they found my son dead on the drainage ditch. It was that the ditch is 12 to 15 concrete deep. That's why they found him dead. He, um, so they found out that he was at a gathering with a sergeant and all the privates that day. And, um, I'm done, you know, August 31st. And uh, I started asking questions because I said, How, what do you mean in a ditch? They said that they found him in an area. This is what he was told to me. They found him in an area where hardly nobody goes to. I said, Hardly nobody goes to. My son would never go to an area where nobody goes to. He didn't even walk here. What makes you think he's going to walk over there alone at night in the middle of nowhere? Because that's exactly how they made it seem. That he was found in an area where nobody goes to. Let's say that that's strange because he wouldn't walk here. He would tell us to give him $5. He would give us $5 or $10 for gas so we could take him literally down the street. And like, he didn't like walking, first of all. He didn't like walking at all. Like that. Especially late at night. He used to tell me not to go by myself to places and everything so that's why i said no that doesn't seem right and i said but from where he said well he was at a sergeant's house they had a gathering there where they found my son was 200 feet away from that sergeant's house so i asked well how how did what, what happened so i get there i was told that my son was at the gathering and they and everything and um he was, they would say he was drinking. First of all, they say he was drinking and everything that he was drunk. And they said that my son, um, like I said, he was getting acquainted, acquainted with a girl talking about where they were from. And then the, the girl got up, the private girl got up and, um, started dancing Spanish music. My son doesn't dance Spanish music, but then she noticed he got up and, and stepped out. And then she asked the sergeant, where's Ronnie? And he said, I don't know. Let me text him. Let me write to him. And that he wrote to him and he said that he sent the message to where he had gone. And um, that when my son wrote back to him, it, it was uh, like a random, like a random assignment of letters. So she didn't think, she, the girl didn't think anything wrong. So she didn't ask about Ronnie anymore. She didn't think there was anything going on. Okay. And then I kept telling them, then they, then, then they said that, um, also, cause when I kept saying, you know, it's weird cause my son, if he gets bored and he don't want to, you know, bored at the place, he's just going to go back to his room and play his game because what he's doing there bored, he'd rather do it over there playing game that that's what he enjoys to do. So when I kept saying that, then I was told that, oh yeah. So he was, I was told by the other privates, he was in the room you know, at the sergeant's house, going in the room, they were playing the game, but then he got up, okay, and um, 
he got up and they said, you okay? He said, yeah. And he knocked on the bathroom door. I guess he was to the sergeant. Um, I guess to say something. And he didn't, I guess he didn't hear nobody. So the, by the time the sergeant came out, my son was gone. Wasn't there in the room. Which that's another story. Because I kept saying, he what he would do is play the game. So this is what I'm trying to get at. I said, so for me, it's like I'm having different stories. Okay. And and then and for me, in my end, this is what I keep saying. They need to get it together because I'm hearing different stories. Something happened to my son. But my thing is common sense. If you know that he left the room and didn't come back, why not go look for him and make sure he's okay? That That's something I would do. I'm having somebody, like you said before, if I'm having a guest, I'm going to check up on them. Why would my son leave his backpack behind if he wasn't going to come back? Because he left his backpack behind. Based on, on the other privacy, my son stepped out to make a phone call, but never returned back. So if he stepped out to make a phone call, why would he come back? You know, when we go look for him. And my thing is, too, this is what I kept telling the Marines at the NCIS. First of all, I know how a base looks like. I've been to one. And you're going to tell me that there was no cameras around? They look like dorms. Unless it's an apartment. You know, like a different, like a townhouse or whatever. But my thing is, why not go look for him? Me, if I have a guest in my house and that person did not come back mm-hmm. and his backpack is still here, I'm going to go check up on him. Yeah, that that shows something's wrong. If someone is there, it shows that they have a intent to return. Exactly. Their property is it's still there. there. So you have people over on a base that are friends. Obviously, if you know someone well enough to invite them into your home, you're not saying you're responsible Uh for them, but you do have a little bit of responsibility of who comes and goes in your home. We're all grown adults. But like you said, if somebody steps out and it's hours and hours and hours later, and that person is not returned, but yet you as as the host, you still have their property that should be a red flag trigger of um, something's wrong. I mean, I even get a gut feeling of something's wrong. This person came to my home to spend time with us, drinking, gaming, dancing, or just spending time, and they didn't return. So that's where the confusion is coming for me is there's a very large gap of dropped ball, missed responsibility, not reporting something. And it just seemed like there was just this continuous chain of wait a little bit longer, wait a little bit longer, wait longer for what? Because when you said they found your son, how was he didn't have his backpack. So when they found him, how was it determined um, that they think that he passed away? I mean, being in, and I'm going to post this on the the little bit of life podcast, Facebook page, I'm going to show with obviously your approval, um, the picture of this drainage ditch. It is very deep extremely deep. So how was your son physically found within this area? Based on what I was told, because again, I don't have everything. I don't mm-hmm. have everything, mm-hmm. but based on what I've things that I, I was told that when they interviewed him, the ones, some of them that, that was found, you know, that found him that they, when they looked down, they'd seen, um, like something, like if it was like a leg or something, 
and but when they went down and looked, it was his skull. Okay, can I go back a little bit about something? Not only if he don't come back, if you saw that he the message he sends you was weird, why not go check up on him? Because why would he write something that you can't even understand? Do you you know what I mean? So it's like so if you saw that you couldn't understand that message and he never responded you back after, why not go check up on him? He came out of your place. Why not go check to see he's okay? First of all, if you're a sergeant, you have to make sure that your privates make it safe to their place. I'm not in the military, and I know that. Like I said before, I have family in the military. I mean, you know, veterans, it's still in the military. And that's what they do. They, they, they check, they make sure that they're okay. And to be honest, I never knew I was going to be going through this because my family never told me this happens. But that's how they found him, based on what I was told. And um, but my thing is, if he fell on a twelve fifteen concrete deep ditch, he's not only gonna have blood for trauma on his head, he's gonna have broken bones in his body. And he did it. So how are you gonna explain that to me? My son's wears glasses all the time. And as you can see, those are his glasses. I don't know if you can see, but these are the glasses he wore. He bought those glasses before he went to Japan. I have everything because I went with him to get them. Mm -hmm. So to this day, they can't find his glasses. He was found with no glasses. They can't find his glasses. He left his backpack behind and there was a pair of glasses there and the paper and I don't know what else there, wallet. And I asked for the glasses, picture of his glass, the glasses that were in there. And when they sent them to me, I said, those are not his glasses. I said, did you look at the pictures? Because those are not his glasses. So obviously, where are my son's glasses? And I don't want to hear, oh, because of the rain, maybe he dragged it, um, you know, through the ditch, drainage ditch. No, it would have been right next to him. If those glasses... Follow up, it would have been right next to him. Where are his glasses? And they still have my son's cell phone to this day because it's still trying to get into it because they haven't been able to, per they said. So when I got the news that they found my son, a couple of days after, they asked me, they told me, the Keiko told me, can you please sit down? We need to talk. And I said, okay. I said, there's more. And he said, yeah, um, they're suggesting that you have a closed casket. I said, a closed casket, why? I said, because he was severely decomposed. So you're telling me that besides that they killed my son, I have to have a closed casket, casket and I, you're going to take away from me seeing my son? And they said, no, he's, you know, he's severely decomposed. They would rather have you keep his, you know, keep him the way he, he was because you won't be able to recognize him. You know, I relieve this every day. Every day, I relieve my sons. Everything that happened with my son. And every day, I go through everything. I, I look at everything. I check everything. And then I'm like, none of this adds up. Nothing adds up. Nothing makes sense. They just need to get, they need to be held accountable for what they did to my son. Accountability needs to be in place because 
It was not an accident. My son didn't kill himself. Okay. And when they try to say, oh, that he had a, he and his girlfriend broke up. They, if, was he heartbroken? No, he wasn't heartbroken. I saw my son heartbroken. So no, he wasn't. You know, so it's, it's a lot of things that are not adding up. A lot of things that are not matching at all. And you know, it's, I gave them everything. And to this day, they, they're still working on my son's case. My son had big dreams, you know, and aspirations. He wanted his, he wanted to own his own clothing brand. He wanted to, like, he wanted, he wanted to do so much, and his life got just taken away. So when we go to the, when we go to get my son's remains, when we get to the airport, September eighteenth, we go to the airport, and we're there waiting for like mm -hmm. forty-five minutes, tops. We're waiting. We're looking at the plane. We're looking at them, looking at, you know how they have to look at paperwork. They're looking at everything, the casket. I'm waiting. We're waiting. My family and I. And then they tell me, are you ready? He's going to be ready to come. I said, okay, I'm ready. When I see how they're bringing my son, well, the one I thought was my son, it was a wooden box. It looked like a box that you could make at Home Depot, like uh, literally. Mm -hmm. I said, my son serves the country. And you bring him on, on the, I'm going to say just on the, on the bullshit box. That's exactly what I said. They said, they said, well, that he gets, he gets changed at the funeral. Said, okay, I'm new at this. I never thought I would be going through this. So they did the whole briefment. But I should, like I told you before, I should have known. Like I should have known because I was feeling something strange. Like I wasn't feeling right. A mother's instinct is never wrong. I've always said that. So as we're leaving the, before we left the airport, when we get into the, close to the exit, we get stopped. When we got stopped, my youngest son was with the funeral director in the, in the hearse. The Marine comes and um, my son said, what happened? He said, um, I need to talk to your mom. I said, okay. So I get out of the car, the, my cousin's car. And I, I said, what happened? He goes, um, we have the wrong body. I said, what? I said, yes. Um, I said, the wrong body. He said, yeah. So I found out that the, my son's captain called and asked where we were at to the funeral director. And she said that we were leaving with Ronnie's body. And he said, no, you're not, because I'm standing right next to him. So... The, the the Marine said, um, I'll take full responsibility. You know, he said that. And everything. I said, okay, but I, what happened? What happened? If it wasn't your fault or anything, what happened? I still don't know what happened, really. I'm still trying to understand what happened. So my youngest son went with the funeral director back. They turned back. In the airport still, but close to the exit. They turned back to the back to get the right body. So when they come back with the right body, they tell me, do you want to look to see if it's your son? I said, okay. So when they open the hearse, it's the casket that I have picked with dog tags. How do you think I felt? I said, yeah, that's, has, that's, that's the casket I picked. But how do you think I felt? Because if I was told that he gets changed and then I have the, Cascade pick and then on top of it because you gave me the wrong body how do you think i felt i don't think my fault and 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 then i'm gonna meet the 
captain right there. And when he went to shake my hand, I said, I'm sorry, no disrespect, but I'm not shaking your hand. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I'm not shaking your hand. My soul was under your responsibility. So they gave the honors of this box, which was of another soldier that came home, not your son. No. Did, did they give the honors to your son? Nope. We left wow. straight to the funeral. Hmm? Wow. We left straight to the funeral. So we went to the funeral. They brought him in and everything. We did what we had to do. I know when it was the funeral, you know, the wakes. They kept persisting that I had a closed casket because they kept persisting. The my, the funeral director told me because they called her to, um, to please talk to me to have a closed casket. Okay. Another thing, do you? I couldn't identify my son. My son was identified by a video because my son had a tattoo right here that says "Family over everything." And that's how my son was identified by that. But through us, not through them. Because they identify my son through dental records, not through that. But me, still to this day, I didn't believe it. I said, I want to do, wanna do a DNA. I want to do, I, you're giving me the wrong body at the airport. And then you call me and tell me my, to have a closed casket. First, it started with the have a closed casket. Why would you tell me that? And then on top of it, I get the wrong body. Of course, I'm going to have, let's say I was going to waste money if I wouldn't resume my son to do it. And if I would have done a DNA and everything, an autopsy. I said, no, I'm still doing what I have to do. I want to know. I want to know. And all that, they, they still kept telling me that. So when you did your own digging, because like you said, a mother's instinct is never wrong. It was surprising to what came back. Because there was no alcohol found in your son's system. So when they did, they, so the medical examiner from Okinawa, mm -hmm. they asked me, because they asked me, do you, would you like to speak to her? The, uh, her? And I said, yeah, the medical examiner. Because that's another thing. The reason why they were going based on my son was drunk. That's what they were going by. Oh, he was drinking because of the beers and everything that and all that. Right. And they did a toxicology report. Yeah. When that came back negative, that he was clean, everything changed. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. And I, I wasn't wrong. I was saying the truth that it can be. That's what I say it can be because, so I said it, beer. When they did that, they put a $5,000 reward. Like, who's going to talk for $5,000? Especially on a military base when they're going to lose their entire career be thrown in jail, have to deal with JAG and everything that goes along with it, $5,000 isn't really, like you said, much to make somebody tell the truth and talk. Exactly. Exactly. So I said, nobody's going to talk for $5,000. Can you raise it up? I asked, can it be raised up? Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for an answer for that. How long said, ago was that when you asked that question? I've been saying this is they put the, the flyer. For years. I've been saying this is that, yes. Hmm. And I even, I've been working with um the congress and i told them i'm like can they put up the 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 rewards because nobody's going to speak for five thousand dollars and then i even told them i told them says is it possible do i have do you need me to put it at it i'll do it if i have to just tell me but i still haven't got an answer for that he's trying to check but it's been a while and i still haven't an answer for that they're still out there the five thousand dollars 
Nobody's going to speak and risk their life for $5,000. I'm looking at my son's statements too. I looked at everything. Started looking at everything. Looking at all his accounts because I wanted to know if there was something that I would find. And I see in a bank statement. So on, on um, September 1st, he made a transaction for Subway of $24.25, right? That's holiday weekend. So it would clear. It's common sense. I worked at a bank, so I know how that works. It would clear okay. on a weekday, September 4th, because it was a holiday week. Well, they checked that, and they said that, no, it was made August 31st. Uh, it was made August 31st, and I, I, don't, I don't know much about the military time. I guess 1809. I guess that would be, what, 6 p.m., something yeah. like that. But I don't know if that's Eastern time or, or what, but that's basically what they said. And I said, if it's like that, Every time I look at all the transactions, first of all, it's going to show in the middle lane of the on, the, on your statement, you have the dates on the corner. And in the middle, it tells you the transaction detail, okay, the amount that it has. The transaction detail on September 1st at the subway there was $24.25. It cleared September 4th. Makes sense. That would have made sense if my son was alive at that time. Mm-hmm. But he was not. Well, he was not. Because based on that medical examiner, my son passed away that late night, August 31st. My son did made a call that late night, like around maybe 10, 9, 10 around there, to my cousin in New York. She He wrote to her saying, can you FaceTime me? Over here was early in the morning. So she was getting ready to go to work. And she said, I can't. I'm getting ready to go to work. And then after I get the the call about my son was with me. Like then I found that day she found out what happened with my son when I told her because mm-hmm. she didn't know. Now she's over here thinking, oh my God, I should have FaceTimed because he said, can you FaceTime me? Now, what, I'm not, we're over here wondering what would my son was going to try to say? What was she going to do? Yeah. He, yeah. Wondering yeah. what that call meant or it, why in that moment, because he, I mean, he knew obviously communicating and staying close with family members of the time difference. And it was going to be early morning. Like he knew that. So it's always going to be that question in your mind of what was that phone call or FaceTime going to entail? Exactly. Exactly. So now we, we thinking about that. I said, why? So, but my son died that late night, August 31st. And it was after he spoke to my cousin. Like, well, he told her, can you FaceTime me? So I'm looking at his transactions, right? And there's another transaction made, right? Transaction detail, August 30th for Subway of $16.15. But it cleared August 31st. That makes sense. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Because he purchased it on August 30th and it cleared August 31st the next day. It does make sense. And a lot of them are like that here. How come... The purchase of August 31st, like they're telling me that it was made in Subway, is not showing in the bank, sta- bank statement as August 31st, and then it cleared after. It wouldn't be... Yeah, the timing. It doesn't it add doesn't up. It doesn't add up. So, but they did send me the, re- the copy of the receipt, where it says it was made August 31st. Yeah, it says it was made, order place August 31st, 12, 18 p.m. It still doesn't add up because it's not showing on my statement. All transactions should show in the statement. And it was with the Navy Federal Credit Union debit card. 
So I worked at a bank. I know how it works. So you can't tell me, oh, no. It's, no, you need to check that bank. And if it was like that, that it was, let's say, if it was September 1st, like it says there, so mm -hmm. what happened with my son? So was my son alive? Oh, what yeah. happened? Because you're saying it wasn't like that, that it was August 31st, but it's not showing on my statement. You're giving me a paper mm -hmm. where it shows the transaction you made online that it doesn't work for me because, first of all, it doesn't have the last four of his card on it, okay? doesn't have his signature or nothing. It's a iMenu 360 that you, yeah. you know, from online. I get it. So no matter what they want to tell me, no, you, you, for me, I feel they have to give me better. You need to give me better proof, better, because I'm going to go by the statement. Bank statement. I'm not going to go by the paper you have. I'm no, I'm going by the bank statement because that's not going to lie to me. Yeah. And it's giving you a timeline of his passing, which is extremely important. I mean, even a couple hours, 24 hours a day difference, a couple days difference. That's, that's massive when you're looking into as it's still an open case an investigation of what has happened to your son. Too many pieces that don't add up to actual the bigger picture. They're not, the puzzle pieces are not fitting correctly. Exactly, exactly. So the reason we're doing this episode, for those that may listen, it's been years. You have dealt with this agony for years. It is an open mm -hmm. investigation. And for those that are listening, they're civilians. You have a contract in the military. You choose when that time is coming up whether you want to continue or you can leave, you can become a veteran, you can leave your base, you can leave all of your duties. The reason we're doing this is because we're almost now at what, four, five years, close to five years, it's five years, which is the big question of, yeah, of why. And that's why we're doing this is this podcast and this platform is global. So if you're listening and you're on base, or maybe you've left base, you've completed your contract. If you know something, you need to come forward. There's a difference between right and wrong. There's a difference between knowing information. And even if you know something, it might just be a little tiny piece of information. You just think, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't the big deal breaker. This isn't what we call the crack in the case. Anything small, any information could lead to getting answers, not only for your family, but for your son, your son's, you, he deserves justice and everyone deserves to know what happened, especially on a base that the cameras just conveniently didn't work in that moment. It didn't work. Yeah, they said that the cameras were, after they said they were going to check the cameras, um, they, after I found out that the cameras were not working, all of a sudden the cameras were not working in that area. Okay. And everything. And that's what I keep saying. My son is not going to walk, especially with no glasses, to a ditch that's 200 feet away from the sergeant's house. For what? He just wanted to make a call. What was he going to do over there? Well, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing your son's story and giving us the details of information that only you were given. And I know that it's very hard for families if we have listeners and families that may be going through something similar where they have lost their loved one, their child, their spouse, their partner, anyone in their family in the military. This is happening on almost a routine basis. This has to stop. But I... I mean, I look up to you so much and all the families that come on and talk about these topics with us because it makes you relive that moment every single day. It is an emotional wound. And so I'm very honored that you came on. And like I said, I'll put all your information in the bio. Anyone that's listening, please share this story. A little bit goes a long way. We definitely need to keep the hashtag justice for Ronnie alive. 
and we need to keep going and get justice as much as we can. Thank you. I also wanted to say like my son's case is still, they still have it open. They're still okay. working on my son's case. Um, and that's why I keep saying, if you know anything, please contact NCIS or me, you know, um, my son, my son died of, you know, blood force trauma, head injury in the back of the head. And you know, the man of that, they still have it as death undetermined. When you know what happened with my son, that needs to be changed. You know, please, if you know anything, please contact us, contact NCIS or contact me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow today's episode on your favorite listening platform and share these stories to more that need to be in the know. Get in on the action with the podcast Facebook and follow The Little Adventures on Instagram at LittleCuteOneAZ. I'll catch you on the next episode.